Morning, church. I feel like saying right off the get-go that I wonder if you guys know how good it is that I just recognize there is a family that gathers here, and I want you to let you know, you are, know you already know that Jesus loves you, but yet in the same breath, I think you don't know how much he loves you. It is so good to be here. I crawled up out of or under from under a rock in Pansy, and um, they didn't see me. They let me into Steinbach, which is awesome. And it is my privilege to be with you guys here today. What I want to preach today, if you're one of those people who takes notes, this will be helpful. And if you're one of those people who is horribly distracted, this will also be helpful. This sermon has one key word and three landing points. And if you remember that, you'll be able to, oh yeah, right where we are and back into the sermon. My wife, Sheila, and I had an opportunity to visit Israel this August, which, looking back, seems very surreal. And while we were out there, guess which language we heard uh, being spoken? A lot. Yes, we did hear English. Uh, (laughs) But... From the people who live in Israel, most of whom are actually not even believers, what language do you think we heard spoken over and over and over? Hebrew. Hebrew. We heard Hebrew everywhere, there's, and there's some awesome things. I don't know a lot of Hebrew. One of the words that you might remember, it's actually a Hebrew word, is the word Abba. I could launch into a whole sermon on one little instance that happened to us when we were by a swimming pool, and there was a little kid who was running along the pool, and he was running over to his dad. And he was yelling out, Abba! 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 That is something I probably will never forget. A sermon for another day. While we were in Israel, I learned a Hebrew word. And I know what you're thinking, wow, you were in Israel for two weeks and you learned a word. (laughs) Quite the scholar. Hey, in my defense, it's actually two words. When you put them together, they just make one word. And if you're spelling it, it would be spelled as one word. The two words are hine and ani. And when put together, there's uh, there's said hineni, which means here am I. And that's why I would even title this sermon hineni. And it means here am I. And so... I don't know if this is the same experience for everybody, but do you remember when you're in elementary school and they would call out your name and you had to say here, right? Some of us might remember that. Some of us might have to imagine it, but the, the definition of Hineni means here am I, but it is far broader, far grander a word than to just say here. The meaning portrays that the person who says it is ready to, to listen. Not only are they present, they're ready to listen and obey whatever instruction is given next. So when you call someone by name and they say, Hineni, it essentially means they're not only present, they're ready to obey. You might imagine a soldier reporting for duty. Their commander, commanding officer just calls them by name. They step forward and they're immediately doing this. 
You can imagine that they would be saying, Hineni, here am I. They're listening with their full attention, ready to obey whatever command is coming next. Hineni essentially communicates, here I am, I am at your service. And if a person really trusts and respects the authority figure that has called their name, they could actually say, Hineni, before the instruction is even given. Okay, so let me just break this down slowly, okay? This is something that parents daydream about. Amen? <laughs> Can you imagine if you wanted your, one of your kids to clean up their room and you just called them, hey, and you called them by name and they just came, Hineni. Wouldn't that be awesome? Or maybe if you're a leader in this church <laughs> and you're thinking about the people who serve with you, wouldn't that be awesome? Or if you're a chairperson of a committee or an employer, right? This would be an employer's dream to have people say Hineni, right? You just call them by name and there they are ready to obey whatever command is coming next. But in all honesty, it's actually super, super difficult to say Hineni to someone who's less than perfect, right? Because any human that you and I serve has less than perfect human broken motives, right? And so it actually might even be, you might even say it's wise for us to maybe be a little more guarded than that. It's a little more, we should be a little more guarded than saying Hineni to another person. We should be a little more guarded than committing to obey whatever command they're about to give next before we know it. But, as Christians... Shouldn't we be able to say Hineni to God? That would require listening to Him with our full attention. One ear constantly tuned upward, right? Ready to obey whatever command is coming next before we even know what the command is, what the order will be. If we really trust God... We should be able to say Hineni when he simply calls us by name before the instruction is even given. You remember that Old Testament story of Moses when God called him from the burning bush? Raise your hands if you guys remember that story. This is exactly how Moses responded. And throughout the slides, I'm going to always, the words underlined always are the Hebrew word Hineni, okay? In Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, it says this. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. In other words, Moses said, Hineni. And of course we know that that's just the launching point, but that God would call Moses to become a powerful leader of his people. Not a coincidence. Do you remember the Old Testament story of God calling Samuel by name? Raise your hand if you remember that story. Samuel is just a boy. God called him by name. And even though Samuel thought for a while that it was Eli who was calling him, the response was correct. Look at the passage. It says this in 1 Samuel chapter 3. So I want to make sure you guys are tracking with me here. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. He said, Hineni, already. 
And he ran to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Do you see Samuel's response every time? Hineni. It is no coincidence that Samuel went on to become a powerful prophet to God's people. Amen? Let me ask you another skill testing question. I'm asking you these questions so that if, if you fail one of these, then I can tell Rob and then he can fix it later, okay? <laughs> Do you guys remember the Old Testament story of how God called the great prophet Isaiah? Do you remember this story from Isaiah chapter 6? Kind of a famous verse. It is no coincidence that what we see in this verse and what we already know about this word, Hanani, that this Isaiah would go on to become a powerful prophet for the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, this is how it reads. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here, I, here am I. Send me. It is important for you to understand that before Isaiah knew what exactly it was that the Lord was going to tell him to say, what it, where exactly he was going to go, the kinds of hardships that he was going to face, and even the victories that he was going to enjoy. He just simply said, Hineni. Why did he say that? Because he trusted the Lord. Okay, so now the New Testament is not written in Hebrew, it's written in Greek. And so you're not going to see that same Hebrew word Hineni there, but... Ananias in the New Testament is an example of someone who responds to the Lord in that same way. Okay, so you, do you guys remember that story of Saul, Paul on the road to Damascus? Raise your, raise your hand if you remember when Paul saw the light, as it were. Amen? So, Paul is on the road to Damascus, sees this incredible light of Jesus, and is struck down, and you'll remember that story. God chooses this Jewish man named Ananias to go and speak with this man who has been persecuting, putting into jail, and killing Christians. In Acts chapter 9 verse 10, in Damascus there was a a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. What did he say? Ananias. He just called him by name. It's the same pattern. What does Ananias say? Yes, Lord. He answers before the... Instruction is even given. Yes, Lord, essentially communicating that same thing, here am I, essentially saying Hineni again, which is actually, you'll recognize, the appropriate response for a disciple. And if you know the rest of the story, Ananias actually follows through with what that would portray because he was obedient and went. He had a lump in his throat, but he went anyways. This is the guy that's killing Christians and he hadn't had some questions for the Lord. Lord, do you... Sounds kind of foolish to say it, but Lord, do you realize who this man is? (laughs) But then he realized he knew who that man was before he even called Ananias by name, before Ananias even said, yes, Lord. 
And if you know the rest of the story, you know that Ananias would go on to become powerfully used by the Lord. He would be the one to restore, that God would use him to restore Paul's sight, to baptize Paul. And we see this pattern. Do you see the pattern that we're already beginning to see throughout Scripture? Throughout the Bible, people who have that attitude of saying, Hineni to the Lord become powerfully used by God. Hineni carries with it the kind of attitude that assumes obedience, not because they have analyzed the instruction and, in their opinion, agree with the command, but out of a reverence for who it is that's giving the command, even before the command is given. Another way of saying that would be to say, giving your yes to Jesus even before you know every detail of what he is about to ask you to do. He simply calls you by name. And you step forward and say, yes, Lord, just like Ananias did. Because unlike humans, God and his motives are perfect. He alone is completely trustworthy. In fact, he has our eternal best interest in mind. He is worthy of saying Hineni too. Amen? If you would like a biblical example of the opposite, you could think back to the Garden of Eden. Raise your hand if you have ever heard about the Garden of Eden. There you go. Remember when the Lord called to Adam and he said, where are you? Let me ask you a skill testing question. I'll see if you're tracking with me here. What would be, if you were speaking Hebrew and you don't know a lot of Hebrew words, but you already know one pretty good one, what would be the appropriate response when the Lord says, Adam, where are you? Hineni would have been the appropriate response. But Adam makes up an excuse for hiding, and you know the rest of the story. There's another incredibly good example in Scripture of someone using this word. You remember the famous story of Abraham and his son Isaac when they were walking up the mountain and Abraham knew what God was calling him to do and Isaac didn't. Isaac had to carry the wood. Do you remember this story? Isaac is wondering, as a boy, why is he carrying the wood to make a sacrifice but there's no lamb? And Abraham, ready to obey whatever God calls him to. And sometimes I bet you, if you've read that story before, you've wondered how could a person have such a trust in the Lord? Would you agree that if you know that story, that that story is an incredibly powerful foreshadowing of who Jesus is? Would you agree with that? It's no coincidence how that story starts. And if you didn't already know this, you might not even read that story the same again. It starts with God saying his name, Abraham. To which Abraham responds with one appropriate word. Hineni. This is what it says in Genesis chapter 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. To which Abraham said, here I am. Hineni. 
I want you to understand that Abraham is listening with the intention to obey. He is stepping forward and saying, I'm about to obey whatever order is coming next. And I want you to see in that passage that if Abraham actually means what that word portrays, he has, here it says that God tested him. Do you realize that if Abraham believes what he says, that he actually is going to carry out what Hineni means, he's already passed the test. You don't even have to read the rest of the story. He's already passed it if he actually would follow through with what that word portrays. And if you know what that rest of that story goes like, he does follow through with it. He does mean he does mean it, even though he also must have had just an incredible lump in his throat and gone, what? You want me to do what with my son? And of course, we know that God asks Abraham to offer his own son, Isaac, as the sacrifice. And because Abraham has already stepped forward and said, Hineni to the Lord, he's committed himself to obey. Because, why? He trusts the one who gave the command. And he's ready to go through with it. But that story has an incredibly happy ending. And you know why? Because Abraham doesn't stop having his ear open to the Lord. Look at what it says in verse 10. Abraham is ready to slay his son out of obedience. It says this, Then he reached out his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord, he's right in the moment he's in action already. And the Lord calls out to him from heaven, what is, he just has to say his name. Abraham. Abraham. What does he say? Hineni. Here I am. He replied. That word right there again is Hineni. And before knowing what the next instru- instruction is, he's already committed to obeying it. Which is really awesome. Right? M- maybe most especially so for Isaac. Because that next instruction was, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know. What? Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And if we have read the rest of the story, you know that Isaac's life is spared. And Abraham has just given us an example of what a God-fearing man says and what he does. And so here is the obvious landing point, number one of three. If you are here this morning and you consider yourself a God-fearing person, a Christian, someone who would describe Jesus with the words that he is your Savior and your Lord... In other words, not only is he your savior from hell so you can go to heaven, he is also the one who gives you commands and you obey, yes, Lord. If that's how you describe Jesus, you should be able to stand up and say hineni to him. Not because you've analyzed his instructions, not because he's shown you everything he's going to call uh, you to do with all the rest of your life, not because your, he meets your standards, but because you trust his character. You trust him. He's God. In fact, whatever he commands you to obey and do is going to be good for you. 
because his character is perfect and he has your eternal best interest in mind. I'm going to give you an opportunity to demonstrate that in a minute, in a couple minutes. Ready for landing point number two? Help me out. Thank you. (laughs) I sometimes ask my church for permission to preach, and it's always a trick, because I'm going to preach anyways, but it really helps me to know if people are with me. Can I preach landing point number two? No, thanks guys. Now listen, this sounds pretty crazy, but there are times in Scripture when God says, Hineni to people. Now we have to be super careful here. This is not saying that God is going to, is ready to obey whatever it is that we command Him to do in the same way that we should say it to Him. That would be false teaching. But when God says Hineni to people, He is saying it as a good father who remains the authority, but He's saying to His son, You have my full attention. You can already see Hineni used in that way in this same story about Abraham and Isaac. Because there's a place right in the middle of that story where Abraham actually says Hineni to Isaac. It's in verse 7. And it says this, And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. It's kind of similar, isn't it? He just calls him by who he's, his name or his reference. He just says, My father. And Abraham says in response, Hineni. Here I am, my son. And then Isaac goes, out, goes on to point out and ask, where is the sacrifice? Isaac cries out to his father, Abraham, and Abraham re- replies, Hineni. Not because he's going to obey whatever Isaac is about to ask him, but because, as a good father, he's giving complete attention to his child. It's a pretty easy connection here. God is the perfect and flawless Father, and we are His children if we're walking close to Him. God answers us with that same compassionate diligence of a good Father. You can see it in Isaiah chapter 58. If you were to study that passage, you would recognize that in verse 6 and verse 7, It's describing what it means to closely and obediently walk out fasting and prayer. And then in verse 8 and 9, it's describing how God would act in response to that. Essentially saying that he would say, Hineni, to our prayers. I'll read it for you. It says this in Isaiah chapter 58. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he, he will say, here am I. He will say, he nay me. If you do away with the yoke of oppression and the pointing finger and malicious talk. That God would ever say that word to us 
should fill us with the deepest sense of worship. How gracious, how compassionate, how loving a God we serve. However, if we left it there, we might be tempted to be a little bit one-sided with how we understand God to say that word. So we have to remember this. When God says, Hineni, in response to our prayers, He remains the sovereign authority. He answers according to His timelines. He answers according to His agenda and His perfect and flawless will. And as such, not only is He the answerer of our prayers, but He continues to act as the ultimate judge. And acts in perfect righteousness when he brings judgment. This comes out in another example in scripture. When he uses that same phrase or same word, hineni. And I'm going to read it for you, but you'll, you'll recognize he is about to again say that same word, hineni. But listen to how he uses it this time. In Ezekiel chapter 5, this is what he says. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. This is Jerusalem, which I have set in the center of the nations with countries all around her. Yet in her wickedness, she has rebelled against my laws and decrees more than the nations and countries around her. She has rejected my laws and has not followed my decrees. And we could imagine a similar sentiment from God if you and I were to do the same thing. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. You have been more unruly than the nations around you and have not followed my decrees or kept my laws. You have not even conformed to the standards of the nations around you. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Hineni. I myself is how it says here in the NIV. The ESV captures it by saying, Behold, I am Hineni. Here am I against you, Jerusalem, and I will inflict punishment on you in the sight of the nations. In other words, God's, God had his people have his full attention. But this time his, his attention includes executing judgment against them for their disobedience. This brings us to understanding how God uses that word then brings us to landing point number two. That when God says hineni to us, On one hand, it ought to fill us with just this incredible sense of worship. Of who is this God so compassionate, so loving, so slow to anger and abounding in love. That he would listen to our prayers and respond with hineni when we cry for help. And yet at the very same time, it ought to fill us with such an awe and reverence in our worship. That it actually comes out in fear and trembling as to who God is. Amen? To those here this morning who are are already Christians, again, in a moment, I'm going to give an opportunity to demonstrate your desire to say Hineni to God at the same time worshiping Him because He says that to us. But before we do that, I want to speak to one more group of people 
that may be represented here this morning, and I've already been praying that you are. This is landing point number three. There's another way that God says, Hineni in Scripture. It is in regards to his plan to cleanse people from their sin and forgive their rebellion against him. Once more in this verse, Hineni is underlined. In Jeremiah chapter 33, it says that first word that is translated nevertheless is that same word Hineni. The ESV would describe it and use that word behold. It comes with an announcement, right? Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and let them joy, enjoy abundant peace and security. And if you go to verse 8, it describes that peace. And it says, I will cleanse them from the sin they have committed against me. And will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. And so I want to say, if you are here today and you are not as close to God as you know you ought to be. Or maybe you have never even said yes to Jesus. For the first time. You need to know. That God is saying. Hineni to you. And his desire is to cleanse you. And forgive you for your sin. No matter what you did last night. No matter who, what you've done. With your life up till this point. And I want you to know. The physical posture. In which God is saying. That word to you this morning. In Isaiah chapter 65, he describes that. And here God says, I have, revealed, I have revealed myself to those who did not ask me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation or maybe a person here in Steinbach this morning that did not call on my name or has not yet called on my name to this point, I said, here am I. And he says it twice. Hineni. And then he says, all day long I have held out my hands to an obstinate people. This is the posture in which God says that. He is wait it's like he's waiting for you to come. It's like someone who is waiting for an embrace. I have held out my hands all day long. Points to this, this incredible patience and compassion of our Lord that he would stand there in this posture, even though he has been rejected so many times. And you might even be that person who has rejected him. He is still standing in that posture. He has not stopped. He is waiting and just says, Hineni, would you come? That, of course, lines up with this New Testament version of a statement, much, uh, very, very similar when Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, and he is speaking to a church. And he says, here I am. Other translations say, behold. It's that same sentiment as Hanani. Here I am, he says. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. This is the Jesus who wants to have a relationship with you. And it is not lost on me that Jesus said those words to people in a church. And so this brings us to landing point number three. Maybe you're already in the church, but you need to actually just open the door to the one 
who stands there with his arms open and is just saying, he made me. He wants you to come. Maybe you're even here this morning and you have, or maybe you're just listening online and you have never called Jesus your Lord and Savior for the first time. Would you respond to that invitation? Calling Jesus your Lord and your Savior is incredibly profound, but actually really simple. It means to admit that you are a sinful person. And then to acknowledge that you believe that Jesus is who the Bible describes him to be. That you believe that Jesus died on a cross. He's that pure, perfect lamb, if you will, of God that takes away the sin of the world. And his blood, which we just took communion to celebrate, is actually what has cleansed you. And that you believe not only did he die for you, not only did his blood pay the price for your sin, but he actually rose to life three days later and is alive forevermore, just like we sang. Hallelujah to the one who's alive forevermore. But that prayer of acknowledging Jesus is your Lord and Savior also includes when you call him your Lord, it means that you're essentially saying, Hineni to him. You're calling him Lord. In other words, when he says Hineni to you, you are saying that in response to him. So here's how we're going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And they're going to minister to us through song. I would like to do this. I'm going to invite anybody here who is a Christian already. And you would just love to say, maybe it's a word of continuation. Maybe you've already be saying, been saying Hineni to God for a long time. But you would just love a chance to stand up for Jesus and just say, Yes, Lord, I want to give you my yes again and continuing. Why don't you do that right now? Just right where you are. Just stand up. You don't have to salute. That's maybe a silly thing to do. That's between you and the Lord. But if you would just like to stand up and say Hineni to Jesus, then just stand up right where you are. And if there are those people here today who would like to rekindle something with the Lord in a way that maybe they, they're in a place where they know they shouldn't be, and you would like to either rekindle that with Jesus, or maybe even ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior for the first time, I would invite you to come up out of your seat and come to the front. And there's going to be a, a group of people here who would be willing to pray with you, people from this church who can walk you with, uh, through that with you. Would you come and pray with people? And I'll tell you, I don't, know how, I don't know how people at Calvary Church do that when they do an altar call as you were, but I want to tell you why I would ask you to come. And there's different ways to do it. There's no good or bad way. I'm just telling you why I would ask you to do it this way. It takes a little bit of courage to come up out of your seat and walk to the front. But know this, you are doing that in front of a family of people who love you and would just actually love to wrap their arms around you and support you. And those people who are, who are feeling that way have already stood up because they gave their yes to Jesus. They're exactly in your corner. They are with you, and so is Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you, Lord. 
And I'm just going to say, if God's stirring on your heart, don't stay in your seat. Lord Jesus, we come before you. We just invite you. (laughs) Lord, it just seems almost wrong that we would open the door and then invite you in. Because it's what you already want. We know it will happen. And yet, Lord, that's exactly what we do. We do not want to keep that door closed. It is our privilege, Lord, as believers in you, men and women in this place, who want to give their yes to you, Jesus, who just look forward to saying hineni to you because we recognize that you're trustworthy. You are flawless and perfect in character. And it is our privilege, Lord, to respond and say hineni to you. We love you, Jesus.